right here and sit here on the rug. Conversations about faith are usually off limits. It's gotten to the point where the church can be the last place you would think to have a conversation about God. We want to change that. Starting Point is a place where no questions or discussions are off limits. It's not about a teacher giving you information. It's about a conversation. It's about being with other people, like you. And we really mean that. You're free to ask any question you want. This is your opportunity to explore faith freely. It's not another place where people will talk at you. We want to talk with you. So are you curious about God, Jesus, the Bible, or Christianity? Or did you recently begin a relationship with Jesus? Or have you returned to church after some time away? Starting Point is for you. Every Starting Point group is guided by qualified leaders, but your voice matters to the group. Your thoughts add value. You may even ask the question that someone else is afraid to ask. Starting Point, where your questions about God turn into a conversation about faith. Okay, how are you guys doing today? I want to introduce you to two of my friends. We got Ben here. Everybody say hi to Ben. And we got Ziza over here. Everybody say hi, Ziza. Yeah, we're doing a special kids lesson today. When we do this a couple times a year with this family service, it's great to have them up here. I used to do this once a month, but I'm kind of out of practice. So you guys going to be nice to me today? Is that okay? Yeah. You guys look really good. I'm so glad that you guys are here. We are going to have these two play a little game of Jenga. Okay, do you guys know what Jenga is? You guys have played that before? This is a pretty big Jenga, isn't it? A big Jenga, yeah. Big Jenga, maybe, I don't know, maybe it has a different name. We're playing big Jenga, and then we're going to play some speed Jenga. Okay, so Ziza, you're going to get the first pick, and then Ben is going to be next. So let's cheer him on, okay? Okay. And we're doing, we're doing quick, less than five seconds of, of block, okay? We already took a few out because it took a little longer in the first survey. So. Go, Ziza. Okay, she's going straight for the middle. Safe pick. Yep, put put it right on top. Yeah. Okay, Ben, you're up. Okay, and you guys in the front row, watch out. Because if it falls, I don't know if our insurance will cover it. Okay, who in here thinks Ben is going to win? We cheer. Cheer for Ben if you think Ben's going to win. Who, who wants to cheer for Ziza? She's going to win. Okay. Remember, we're doing speed, Jenga. Five seconds. It's hard. Okay, then you're up. You gotta go quick. It's gotta be from the third row down. Oh. A little complicated. We need a referee. You wanna be the ref? Remind me your name. David. Okay, David's the ref. Okay. You blow your whistle if we see it. Ooh, it's getting intense. Is everybody nervous? This is way more exciting than the 11 a.m. games you're going to miss today. I'm telling you right now, probably way more exciting than the Broncos this year. Yeah, I know. Yes. Hey, I'm a Broncos fan. I'm just, I speak the truth here. I'm a pastor. 
she is using the hammer method, rarely seen. Oh, she's still going. The jackhammer method. Oh, no, hey, whoa. She changed it up a little bit. Oh, hey. This is getting tense, isn't it? You guys don't normally see this on a Sunday morning, do you? This is good. Oh. Oh. Can everybody cheer for Tisa? And can everybody cheer for Ben as well? Okay, you guys can have a seat. Thank you. That was good. That was like ten times quicker than first service, which is good. That's what Ziza was a plant, right? Um, well, I want to share. I want to share a Bible verse with you guys. Is that okay? Okay. In Philippians chapter two, what's that? Oh, you want to sit up here with me? This is my daughter. She gets special privileges like this. Thanks. Oh, it's okay. Guys. Thank you very much for helping. Okay. In Philippians chapter two, it says. In humility, value others above yourselves. In humility, value others above yourselves. Does anybody know what the word humility means? What does it mean, Dave? Okay, kind of like embarrassed. Yeah, usually we say embarrassed when it's like humiliating, right? But actually, humility is putting yourself lower than other people. Because usually we think that we're the best, don't we? I'm the smartest, the coolest, yes, we got a loud yes from the middle. That we think I'm the best, yeah. Everybody's the best. The most best is God, yes. We got a plant here, Marcella, Chad, thank you for teaching your child well. Yeah, humility is not saying that I'm the best, it's saying that actually other people are, the, are better than me. That's what humility is saying, it's saying other people are really important, I care about people, I love other people. And so who are some other people that we should be humble with? Von Miller, yeah, I don't know if he's humble. Other people, yeah, that's good. Friends, yeah. Family, yeah, David. Well, yes, but even people who don't treat you nice. Yeah, in humility, it says that we value others above ourselves, right? We value others above ourselves. Um, so when we value others above ourselves, we're saying, hey, this other person is important. So how are some ways that we could show other people that they're important? By showing them the love of God. Showing them the love of God. Man, A-plus student right here. <laughs> if they're mean to you, you don't treat them the same way back. That's really good. You're treating them better than yourself, Right. That's okay. That's okay. If you come, if you come back to it, that's all right. So how could how could we show our friends at school? How could we show them that we value them? Does anybody have any ideas? Oh, that's that's a great idea. By saying that you did a good job when they did a project. Well, come go to David now. Oh, that's good. That's a good one. By being there when they need you. Yeah, there's ways we can share with others. We can be kind to others. Sometimes we can even let somebody else go in front of us in the line. I mean, that's a good way to do it. Yeah, this is valuing others above ourselves because that's what we're called to do as Christians because that's what Jesus did for us, isn't it? That he loved us and served us and even laid down his life, dying so that we could live. Isn't that pretty cool? So Jesus did that. 
And, and the reason we played this Jenga game, does anybody know why? Why do you think we played Jenga? Yeah, we want to see if we fall. Because what we normally do is we take ourselves and we put ourselves on top, don't we? We put ourselves at the top so we could be at top. But if everybody does that, what's going to happen? It's going to fall over. And that's exactly what happens. So if everybody's saying, I'm the top, I'm in charge, I'm the best, I'm the most important, everything is going to fall apart. But if we, on the other hand, say, no, I'm going to put others above me, then we can support lots of people. Ziza? Yeah, there you That's a good one. Yeah, that's right. Jesus said that story. Okay, what were you going to say, David? Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's some good stuff. Okay, so you guys did really good today. So we learned that we're supposed to value others and put others in front of us, right? We're supposed to put them above us. Because when we do that, we can support lots of people. Okay, so I'm going to say a prayer for you, and then i got a special treat before you guys head back to your seats. Now everybody's eyes looked at me right there. I saw that. Okay, let's pray for you guys. Lord God, thank you so much for all these kids that can come up here for this special lesson, and that we learn that we should put others above ourselves. Lord God, that we wouldn't always be trying to put ourselves at the top, at the first, that we're the most important, but instead in humility, we would put others above ourselves, just like your son Jesus did for us. Help us to live that out in our families, at school, here at church. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can you guys give all the kids a round of applause? And I have caramel apple pops. Oh. I saw these and I said, I didn't even know they made these anymore. These are awesome. Yeah, you guys can head back to your seats once you grab your caramel apple pop. Here we go. And if we could play that next video, that'd be awesome. All right. Here's a little secret with kids' lessons. They're really for the adults. I hope you guys learned something today, right? Okay, we are continuing our series called Belong. If you have missed any of the messages so far, you can go to stapletonchurch.com under the media tab. We have audio and video every week, so you can catch up on past messages you missed. But today's message is going to be a shorter message on that same passage we just read. And it's going to be pretty good because we are very selfish people. And our technology enables us to be even more selfish. You notice that? This past winter, I needed some boots. I was living in Colorado long enough. I needed some real boots. Okay? So I, I went and, and even before I looked anywhere in my Facebook feed, it just happened to pull up some boots. Have you guys seen, like, there's an ad for boots? So I click it, right? Because I need some boots. And then what happens? That ad, that ad comes up again and again and again in another boot company, another shoe company, because maybe you wanted some different type of boots. And then when you're just doing a Google search, there's ads for boots. And everywhere you turn online on YouTube, there's videos for boots. Has this happened to anybody else? You know, the first time this happens, you freak out, right? Who's stalking me? Is Google reading my, my searches? You know, we freak out, but then you realize, okay, what's really going on? It's just an algorithm. It's all just 
putting on, I don't even know how an algorithm works, but they put all your wants and what you're looking for, and it gives you what you're looking for online. Have you seen this? You could be watching a video on Netflix, too, and then it brings up, oh, you might like this show. You know, they, they track what you're watching, and it gives you other things to watch. When you are listening to music on Pandora or Spotify, you listen to something, and then it gives you more recommendations, and you're like, wow, I really did like that song, because it's giving you what you want. All our technology is doing this. On social media, it gives you the feed that you want to see of the people that are, are important in your life that, because you've been liking and commenting on those photos. And if it's always just pictures of teacup pigs, you know why. Okay, Because the feed is giving you what you want, what you've been looking for. This is even happening to our news feeds as well. And this is causing some issues, isn't it? Because in our news feeds, if you have like the Apple news feed or Google news feed, it gives you the news that you've kind of been looking at. So if you like a certain news source, you're going to get more news sources like that. And then you're always getting conservative or always the liberal point of view or whatever your specific political persuasion. And it begins to create this thing that has been called the echo chamber because you're always hearing the opinion that you agree with. Does this happen? And then what... Why it causes problems is because you think everybody else who doesn't think that must be crazy because look at all these stories in the news agree with me. Okay, so everybody else must be stupid. And then it causes friendships to break down. And people have more hatred towards people because they don't understand each other. That's why even in one of the studies we mentioned a few weeks ago is that empathy in our country by one indication has gone down by 40%. 40% over the last 30 years, people are not able to empathize with each other because we're only hearing what we want to hear. It's causing relationships to break apart, which is leading to isolation, which is the problem we're tackling in this series. The loneliness, depression, anxiety that comes with the isolation, the broken relationships we have, the lack of friendships we have in our lives because of this. And we really can, in our modern technologically advanced society, stay home as much as we want, right? Right? We can be completely isolated. You go home on the weekend, and then you Netflix and chill, right? You turn on one show, and it recommends another, and you keep watching, and another one, and another one, and another one, and then you're like, it's time for dinner, and then you get out your phone, right? You get out your phone, and you use DoorDash, and you order some food, and sometimes you don't even have to remember what you ordered last time, because it gives you the recommendations now on the app. You ordered this last time, maybe you want it again. Ooh, this time, try this. And then you order your food, and now you have your ring doorbell, so you don't even have to get up to answer the door and talk to the delivery guy, because you've already tipped him on the app. And then if it wasn't for having to go to the bathroom, you probably would never leave your couch. (laughs) Let's be honest. We live in a society that allows us to put people at a distance, to isolate ourselves, and we have done it. And we need some help, don't we? We need some help, and that's what we're trying to tackle because there is and there should be a better way of living. And I believe that the truths in the Bible, even these ancient truths like the ones Paul wrote about in this letter to the Philippian Christians, can help us today. That we've got to change our mindsets, and we've got to learn to think like Jesus. So if you have a Bible, you can look at me. We're just going to be in those two short verses. Maybe you guys will actually get it this time. That's a joke. Okay, sometimes we go through whole chapters, but... But we're just doing Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, and we're going to zoom in even farther than we did with our kids up here. We read, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. 
This is what Paul wrote to those Christians. He, and he's writing to us in turn, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. And I want to just stop there for a second because that's who we all are, selfish and vain. Anybody in here selfish? The rest of you guys are struggling with humility. <laughs> okay, we're selfish. We think of ourselves. And not only are these apps helping us to think of ourselves more and what we want. We don't even have to think about it now. We just get what we want all the time. But we're selfish. We're vain. That means we're always looking towards ourselves. Self-glory. And that's what that word in Greek literally means, is self-glory. I'm looking to elevate myself about how important I am. And we have got to realize that this is how we are naturally. We are selfish people. It's not something we learn if you've ever had kids. (laughs) You realize it's innate. We are selfish. We think about ourselves first. We're in our own heads, so we're thinking about ourselves, not what other people are thinking. We're selfish. We're vain. And and I think you can see this in our world. (laughs) Did you know over the last five years, or a little over five years, there's been over 250 deaths by selfie? You heard of this? People taking selfies, falling off cliffs, getting hit by buses. We're so focused on ourselves that we don't even notice we're about to die. Death by selfie. We're so focused on ourselves. Death by selfie. It's a new one, right? You know, I, I think um, we all kind of are like Ted Turner who once said that if I were any more perfect, or if I were any more humble, I'd be perfect. You know, yeah, I blew that punchline. Um, but let's keep moving on. I guess it keeps me humble, right? I think we need to admit that we are selfish, that we are prideful, don't we? C.S. Lewis once said, if anyone would like to acquire humility, I can think, tell him the first step. The first step is to realize that one is proud. Before you can get better, you've got to admit you have a problem, right? Is this what we have to do? We have to admit that we're prideful, that we're selfish, that we're self-centered. So let's be honest. We should all have our hands raised when we say who's selfish in here. Because we are. We're self-centered. We need to learn humility. And the first thing is to admit we have a problem. But then as you zoom in a little bit further in our verse 3 of this passage, it says, okay, what you shouldn't do, don't be selfish or vain. Instead, rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. In humility, value others above yourselves. That's what humility is. It's saying, hey, I'm not the most important thing in the world. I'm not the greatest thing since sliced bread. There are others that are important, even better than myself. And we need to learn humility. And I think it's really interesting because in the ancient world, in the Roman world, when this letter was written in the first century, the Roman Empire had a lot of virtues that were nearly identical to the virtues that Christians taught. To strive for excellence, to have integrity, to be people who persevere. They're the identical virtues. But there was one virtue that was in the Christian realm that wasn't at all in the Roman Empire. Do you know what it was? Humility. Humility was not something valued, and it wasn't by any cultures. If you're thinking, well, humility is considered a virtue today, well, do you know why? (laughs) Because of the Christian influence in the West, in our country. Humility was not a standard virtue for people. But however, that's what Jesus taught, and in turn Paul taught, that we need to have humility towards one another. I like the words of Ralph Waldo Emerson where he said that a great man is always willing to be little. You want to be great? You have to be humble. Realize it's not actually about you. That's so important for us 
to understand. I want to look a little bit further in our verse because it says rather in humility, what? Value others above yourselves. We have to change our values. So what is going on here is saying, okay, you've got to change your actions. You need to treat others above yourselves. But you've got to change your heart and you've got to change your mind. You've got to start thinking differently. Value others above yourselves. What if we went to where you wanted to go eat tonight for dinner, not where I wanted? Okay, that's just a very simple little way, right? But we've got to learn to value others above ourselves. Now, in the first service, Erin Chan was here in the front row, and I thought she gave me a great demonstration of this because a couple weeks ago she had baked some bread, and she had particularly baked gluten-free bread, so she'd bring it over to my wife, Melissa, who is celiac. She came over to her house and brought us bread. It was amazing. I was like, who does that nowadays? You don't see that, right? But, but had been so thoughtful to say, hey, I don't even care what bread I want. I want to make the bread that you want. And I'm going to serve you by bringing that. And what a great example to us of that. What if it was just simple things like that, little things like that? It allows us to have even better relationships because we're valuing others above ourselves. If you value someone else more than you value yourself, they're going to like you. <laughs> a little secret. You'll have more friends. It's true. Value others above yourself. I mean, think of this Jenga game. Isn't that a great illustration that if you're always putting yourself up on top, it's just going to collapse. This is what we do in our world, in our businesses, in our society. Everybody's putting themselves first and everything just collapses. The relationships break down because we're so self-centered. We used to play Jenga in college uh, with the trash can. Anybody done that before? You know, you're putting the trash in there and then you're trying to get higher and higher and higher because whoever it falls on has to take it out. We were pretty disgusting, me and my roommates. I don't know how Melissa even liked me at all when we first started. We might play stunk because we were playing Jenga trash every week. It's gross, right? It's disgusting, and then it falls on someone. I mean, but that's kind of what we can be like when we're always saying, I don't want to do that. I don't want to take care of that. Somebody else should have to deal with that. Well, if everybody's doing that, it's just going to be a mess, and everything's going to collapse. Usually what happens in a family or in a relationship, there's one person who realizes this, and the burden just falls on them. And it's unhealthy. But what if we were all doing that? What if in a marriage we were doing that? There was an interesting study done by John Gottman, the great uh, marriage researcher a number of years ago on uh, newlyweds. And they were analyzing the conversation of newlyweds, and then they tracked them for a number of years. And what they found is that when a couple that was together, a newlywed couple, if the individuals in that couple were always trying to get credit, they're saying, yeah, that was my idea. That was, that was me. If they were always trying to do it, it would actually more likely lead to divorce. However, if the couple was willing to say things like, you're right, you were right, honey, when they did that, they actually were happier couples and they were much more likely to stay married. So husbands, wives, you can tell your spouse, you're right, I'm wrong. We need to. We need it for better relationships. We need to value others above ourselves. How can we do this? How can we think through this? How can we value others above ourselves? You guys didn't think you'd get a little special marriage tip today, did you? That's free. That one's free. We've got to do this if we're followers of Christ. Thomas Akempis, the great Christian thinker and author, wrote that never think that thou hast made any progress till thou look upon thyself as inferior to all. Uh, a lot of these and nows, but you know what, I'm th- what this is saying, right? If you want to have progress, if you want to grow, you have to think of others better than yourself. Okay, I just want to give you guys some practice now, right now. 
So I want you to turn to the person next to you and say, you're right. Okay, now turn the other way and say it to the other person. Okay. We need some practice with that, right? Okay, that's good. No, no, eyes up here, eyes up here. We need to value others above ourselves. We need to value others above ourselves. And that's why it says in verse 4, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Netflix, all these algorithms are looking at your own interests, right? What you want to watch, what you want to do, the food you want to eat, the people you want to see on your Instagram feed. But this is saying, no, we've got to do it differently. How could I think of others? How could I think of what they would want to do, their interests? That's why even simple things like, where do you want to go to dinner tonight? We're going where you want to go. We've we got to think of simple things like, what are the interests of others? What is the best for this person? What do they care about? And, and put those things above our own things. And when we do that, it's going to have healthier, happier relationships, marriages. We need to say you're right. Romans 12.10, I love this verse. It says, outdo one another in showing honor. This is the only time in the entire Bible it says to outdo someone. Outdo one another in showing honor. What if we did this? What if we went around and said, I am just amazed at what an incredible person you are. You are so loving and kind and you're so thoughtful. If we went around outdoing one another like that, and the other person's like, no, 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 you are incredible and thoughtful. How could you, you just even thought to say that? So many people don't say what they're thinking. We talked about that last week, right? Say the thing you're thinking about if it's good. We've got to outdo one another in showing honor and putting others above ourselves, lifting them up. How can we do that a little bit more? How can we lift up others? And it's actually going to transform our relationships if we do it. And here's the thing. You need to come back next week because we're going to dive into this for an entire message about how to do this because if you didn't know this, nobody knows how to read minds. Well, people pretend like they can when you go to Vegas, but nobody can read minds, especially in a, in a marriage, especially in a family. We don't know what each other are thinking. So we need to learn some special skills next week. So come back on how we can learn to value others because we don't even know what other people value. Husbands, has anybody gotten home and done something for your wife and she said, why did you do that? I did it for you, honey. What were you thinking? You know, Have you ever been there? Uh, Melissa and I have never done that, but I'm just saying some people do. Yeah, we have. Uh, we, I think I'm doing what she wants, but I'm not. So that's why we've got to learn next week. You'll come back and you'll find out a little bit, some skills, to how to actually know what the other person values, because we can't read minds. But we've got to learn how to do it. We've got to learn how to do it, because it's so important to value others above ourselves, to put others first. And this is why our big idea, you're going to love this one today. Simple, you're going to remember it. Second place wins. You like that? Second place wins. Okay, we think that we've got to be at the top, playing Jenga all the time. We're always trying to win, and it's just going to collapse. But if we say, no, no, I'm going to change my mindset, and instead I'm going to say second place wins, you're actually going to be way more successful in your relationships and your life. Second place wins. I think this is what Paul was trying to teach us. Value others above yourselves. Let other people win. When you do that, and in humility you do that, you're going to win. Second place wins. This is the kingdom of God. It's different from the world. That's why the way of Jesus was so different than the Roman Empire. Because this is unheard of. We think first place wins. You've got to be me. It's, I've all got to win and I've got to be ahead. No, no, no. Second place wins in the kingdom of God. 
you want to have healthy relationships, if you want to have meaning in your life as well, second place has to win. You know, I, I ran track for one year and I was terrible. I'm pretty slow. I can run long distances, but I am slow, okay? And I would run, and my entire goal in track was to not get last place. If I got sank into last, I would count it as a win. Okay, seriously. And, and after one year, it was probably like, oh, this isn't my sport. Okay, um, it wasn't my sport. But what if we said, okay, first place isn't first place. What if we changed our mindset like that? What if we said, hey, if I can put myself second to other people and put others in the first place, what if that was a win for me? What if that was the thing that was cherished and esteemed and that got the trophy? Second place wins. That's how we need to view our lives. Serving others, of lifting others up. So important. And it's not just here in the church. It's not just in your families. This is how teams work. I heard a really interesting interview with Pat Riley a number of years ago. Pat Riley, uh, of course, was a, a Los Angeles Laker, won a championship as a player. And then he went to coach the Lakers, Knicks, and Heat, and he won a few more championships, five championships, I believe, as a coach. Somebody can correct me later. And then he went on as the president of the Heat to win two more championships. So he's won championships on every level of NBA basketball, right? In this interview here, he was talking, and he said, you know, all these teams we've had, um, it doesn't matter if we have the fastest people, the tallest people, the people that can jump the highest, because whenever you get those people together, they're always looking out for number one. And he said that they have something he calls the disease of me. The disease of me. It's always about me. And the best players are always trying to get their shots in, their stats up. And that can ruin the team and you're going to lose. He said the hardest thing is for these individual players to realize that the team needs to win, that they need to be second. And I love that interview because it's like, oh my gosh, this is what Jesus taught us, right? This is what Paul taught us in Philippians chapter 2. And yet it works on a team as well. You've got to put others above yourselves if you want to win. And then everybody's going to win. So important for us. I read another book earlier this summer by Viktor Frankl, the, the classic um, Man's Search for Meaning. Viktor Frankl, of course, was a psychologist and he went through um, the Holocaust. He was a Jew, so he was put in the prison camps. And while he was there, there were people that were severely depressed, suicidal, of course, you can imagine. And he wanted to figure out why there were some like that, and there were some people that made it through, and they were strong and actually courageous through it. And they survived and were even stronger on the other side. And he said, well, what's the difference? Well, he said, the people that realized that other people were more important than them, and they made it their life's mission to serve other people and help other people, those were the ones who made it through and felt the most fulfilled. This is helpful for us too. When you realize that my job is to serve others, that second place wins, you're actually going to have the most meaningful life as well. Second place wins. And isn't this the way of Jesus? This is the way that Jesus taught. In, in the book of Matthew, Jesus once said, but many who are first will be last, and the last will be first. This was one of his favorite sayings. He said, you've got it all wrong. You think if I get ahead, if I make more money, if I put myself above other people, then I'm going to win. No, no, no. Jesus says it's the exact opposite. The last will be first. Second place wins is what Jesus said. But Jesus didn't just teach it, but he lived it, didn't he? He gave his life to serve other people. He took his disciples with him. The only time in the Gospels where Jesus said, follow my example, do you know what it was? When he was washing his disciples' feet, serving others. 
Jesus taught us how to do it. He showed us how to do it. And he lived it. It's really fascinating in this passage that we've been looking at in Philippians. The very next verse, the very next verse, verse 5 says, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Because Jesus served others. He loved others. He lowered himself as the God of all the universe. He emptied himself of all that power to come and be a normal human being. And more than that, he came to be a servant of all. And he went even to the place of dying on the cross in our place for sins we committed. That's service. That's laying down your life. That's humility. And Jesus did all of that, emptying himself of his glory so that we could be lifted up. Jesus taught us, Jesus showed us through his life that we too need to put others first, to lift them up by realizing that second place wins. And you know what's amazing about this is that it is going to be so unique in our world. We're selfish. We're getting even more selfish with all our algorithms, right? With our technology. If you are a selfless person who serves others and values others above yourself, you are going to stand out with everyone in your workplace, in your families, even here in church sometimes, sadly. But if you're willing to do it, you are going to stand out and you're going to make a difference and you're going to change people around you. I heard this really cool story from Watchman Nee and he uh, was an evangelist in China. And while he was there, he knew a Chinese man there who was a Christian. And this man was a farmer, so he had his rice fields that were up on top of a hill. Because they were up so high, he would have to go every single morning and pump water all the way up to the top of the hill where his fields were. Well, he had a neighbor that wasn't a Christian who would go and sneak around and he would remove the dikes so that all the water would come down from that top field and go into his field, which was lower on the hill. Every day this was happening. And this Christian was frustrated and angry at this injustice that was happening. So he went and talked with some of his Christian friends and he said, can you pray with me because I'm just angry. I don't know what to do. So they prayed. And they came up with an idea. So the very next morning, this Christian woke up early and he went and he pumped the water to his neighbor's field. And then once he had pumped all that water, he pumped some to his own. Not only, of course, did his neighbor not steal his water that day, but he became a Christian as well because he was so moved by this man's humility. And that's what can happen when we stand out in humility because we're going to be unique. We're going to be different. Everybody's selfish. We're all selfish. And if we can put others above ourselves, when we lift them up, when we say second place wins, it's going to transform our world, even if it's just in small ways. Let's pray. Um, Lord God, I, I'm so um, glad that we could be here this morning, that we could learn from your word, that we could learn from these commands to, to lift others up, to value others above ourselves. And more importantly, we can learn from the example of Jesus who lived and served and died for us. Lord God, would we, we in turn learn to lift others up and that we would change our mindset so instead of saying, me, 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 the disease of me, we would instead, instead say, second place wins and I will be second. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.